Hi, I'm Adam Ethevitable. And I'm Sarah. This is Dating Kinda Sucks, a podcast about dating, sex, and relationships. This week we'll be asking ourselves how much money matters when it comes to dating. Enjoy the show. Whether you're married or single or poly or ace, or hanging out with swingers back at your place, listen to us as we get no fuck on Tinder and Bumble and plenty of yucks, trying and trying and having no luck, because we all know dating kind of sucks. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Dating Kind of Sucks. If you're new to DKS, my name is Adam, and I'm a comedian, writer, and misogynist turned feminist, joined by my co-host Sarah who is a millennial, travel junkie, and serial dater now in a committed relationship. We're not professionals, doctors, or experts, just two people sharing our perspectives on the world of dating, sex, and relationships. The first half of every episode is spent catching up on what's happening in our lives, and the second half is reserved for the episode's main topic. So if that's all that brought you here, you can skip through the halfway mark, or you can stick around and enjoy the whole show. Let's get started. And we're back after how many weeks of not recording? <laughs> I know. I think our last episode was, was it in October? I think so. Yeah. Before. Yeah. Yeah. And because you were what you were moving, what, the first um, week of November. November. Yep. So it's been so, a wild month for both of us. Yeah. I think. Yeah. We just, we, we had to take a little bit of break. We've had multiple people asking us where the new episode is. Where are we? Are we doing a new episode, episode for the end of the year? You know, et cetera. So You've here had we multiple? Are. Nobody's asked me. Yes. <laughs> not one person they're probably like sarah you're dealing with a lot we expect that you're just gonna say no i'm not doing a podcast episode yeah probably probably <laughs> but no they yeah i had a lot of people ask and uh sorry about the delays but uh we had shit going on sarah moved when you move from nashville to seattle washington and basically across the country things take priority <laughs> and shit gets wild so I guess uh, my advice to anyone moving across the country with their partner, you'll learn a lot. <laughs> Just be expecting to learn new things about your partner you never knew existed. It's a fun ride. I'm happy it's over. I still feel like my life is still all over the place, even though I've been here for almost a month now, but it's uh, getting better day by day. Yeah, I feel like you, I mean, today is, we're recording this on December 5th. I moved the so... 7th. Okay, so by the time so this episode comes month. out, yeah, you'll be there an actual month. That's crazy. Yeah, and still have boxes. So the goals, the goals are to remove all the boxes and kind of set things up fully. But all right, when you move, you don't do things half-assed. You went all the way from Nashville to Seattle, so quite a quite a move. Um, uh -huh. And uh, so far, like you said, you've only been there a little bit, but you're enjoying it so far. Yeah, it's weird because I work fully remote, so I'm not getting any office interaction or meeting people on the daily, but I like the area of town that we moved to. I like, you know, the interactions with people I've had so far. I actually did meet someone yesterday and went on a friend date with someone who Adam knows who he connected both of us and she was cool. So that's one person I know who lives here already, which is nice. We can give her a shout out. She's a listener oh, we, of the podcast. We can hey, say, Maddie. hey, Maddie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, that that's all going well. I, I like being next to the water and being closer to nature. So that's really refreshing, given that, like, you know, Florida, I was closer to water and stuff. And I just think I think it's better. I, I stand by the, the statement that you need to see water and be around water. Like, mentally, it's just so good for me. So that's made me, even though the weather hasn't been fantastic and moving during November is an odd time. Everyone has questioned, oh, why November? Our lease was up and we wanted to move. So it was November. It's not like we really had much of a say in that. So 
you know, I, I do wonder if it's something like because we like we grew up in Florida, if that's why water is so important to us. But like someone who grows up in like, you know, a landlocked state to them, is there something else that like they have that same attraction to? I, I really don't know. I don't know. I maybe it is just like a Florida thing, but being that close to water and I mean, there's a beach on this side of town. So yes, I can't go to the beach right now in December. I mean, I can, but I'm obviously not going to swim in the water, but when the summertime hits, I can go to the beach after work and just chill. And that's going to be so nice where in Nashville, I ain't got shit. You know, there's some rivers and stuff, (laughs) but it's not close by. It's kind of far and out of the way. Like, it's just hard to get to for me. And I don't know. I just, Nashville was an experience. That chapter has closed, you know, learned a lot about myself and changed a lot. And I'm ready for this new chapter now. Fantastic. Very exciting. I know uh, leading up to it, you're getting a little bit nervous. And I was saying that, you know, don't be nervous. It's just, it's just, it's a fun adventure. Like if you get there and you hate it, you can leave. Like it's not, you know, it's a year of your life. It's not the end of the world. And there's, you might as well experience it because then you know for sure. Well, yeah. And that was the whole thing of, I know what my life in Nashville is like. And I've said that before, but now it's like, oh, you've made it. I feel like right now you've made a good decision. You know, you needed mentally, you needed this change and happy. You, yes. Happy you had it. So, I mean, Was the process getting here a pain in the ass? Absolutely. Planning movers, arguing with Roy over really dumb fucking shit. Oh, my God. The dumbest shit we have argued over in the past month, month and a half over how our packing style is. Because remember, when we moved into our place in Nashville, we were coming from two different estates. So I packed a certain way and he packed a certain way. And it was fine because it was a local move. So it wasn't, you know, whatever. But with it being a cross country move, who was this needs to be packed this certain way and he has more stuff than I do so he's stressed but he's a last minute everything and I'm a planner and a prepper so that annoyed the shit out of me and then it was oh I don't like the movers I don't want to hire movers let's get a U-Haul so we I mean I remember calling you being like what the actual fuck like I can't do this he's pissing (laughs) me off I love him to death but just trust me and let me do this part of the the move but we survived it. So now it's it's kind of, well, surviving it still. Because this house, we moved in sight unseen. You know, we saw it on Zillow. We did a virtual tour with the guy who was selling the home. We, you know, saw him walk through on camera. I was like, okay, everything looks good. We get here. It, everything was not good. <laughs> Things were falling <laughs> apart. I mean, oh, the light right. fixtures were about to fall from the ceiling and things, floorboards were missing. Like so many things were wrong with this house. And just now we're finally going to get them fixed. Our repair guy came today and said, oh, I'll fix this, 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 and this. And Roy and I are a lot happier. For me, I was like, okay, I'll just spend some more money, spruce it up the way I like it, and we'll make it work. But I mean, this house is less than ideal. We probably won't stay forever. Roy thinks it's kind of a shithole. I don't think it's a shithole, but you know, it's no house is perfect. I'm just trying to look on the bright side because I don't want to move again. After after all that, (laughs) I'm not trying to pick up and move again. So I want to stay here for a little bit longer before we do that shit show all over again and move somewhere else within the city. But uh, yeah. And I think that once you adapt to it a little bit, once you like you both adapt to being there and in the house and to the little quirks of the house, after a few months, it won't be quite the big deal that it feels like from the, in the beginning. You know, when you go from a corporate apartment housing to a someone's home that they're renting out, like there's two, those are very big differences. Right. And I've never lived 
like rented a house before. I've lived in a house, but never rented a house in my adult years. It's always been a corporate apartment complex of some sort. But right. it's all a learning process. You know, that's that's what life's all about. So, yeah. Yeah. There you go. What about learning. you? How are you? How are you learning? How's things going for you? Oh, so wonderful. It's just been a wonderful experience. I am so exhausted. You love and Utah? So... Yay! Oh, God. Fucking Utah. Um, I did... I can't even remember if we talked about this. I went on a date with somebody who drove up to meet me here. Man, it's been so long since we've just talked your dating life that I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I, I talked about that, but I, I did. I went and she was fun. We had a good time. We talked about going to do karaoke over uh, to like in her area. She lives over on the other side of you know, near Salt Lake. I was like, yeah, I'll come over sometime as long as the weather's good and I don't have to drive through the canyon, which is actually kind of can be kind of dangerous with a, you know, if you don't have snow tires and things. And after one really snowy day that I didn't make it, and then another time when I forgot that I, I was getting my, my beard, actually I went down to Provo to get my beard um, done in a rainbow style, and I had to actually have a stylist do it because I couldn't do it myself. I was like, you know what, I just don't think I have the emotional capacity to date right now, and I'm sorry, but I think, you know, I just have to, I can't. I just can't, you know, and it's it's been like that. I just have not had the mood to to want to date or, or meet people. I even uh, went on Seeking Arrangement, Figuring that I would do give know some, this. Yes, yes, to give some good content for, for dating kind of sucks. And I was like, let me see what I, who I meet through there. And I'll probably have more to talk about at some point with that. But I don't even really want it. Like, it really was just kind of relatively useless. Um, I found that there were more people on there who just wanted to make friends than anything else, which I liked. That was an interesting idea that I – like an interesting concept that I hadn't thought of that people – that women on there were just like, you know, I'd like to kind of get to know somebody first. So which I did not expect from Seeking Arrangement. But even funnier, I had three different people recognize me from TikTok. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Beyond that, I'm just exhausted. Uh, I had I had this weekend planned to be a relaxing weekend because my mother's best friend, who's my godmother, who is a, nor- a nurse uh, like my mother was before she retired, uh, was coming into town for nine days. And I was very excited about that because we we're going to get to spend time with her. But also she stays with my parents and she kind of gives me a little bit of a break from doing the caretaking that I do, which I mean, all told caretaking takes, you know, maybe an hour, maybe two a day. It's not like the, you know, it's not a lot, but it's just a lot emotionally. Like it's just exhausting you know, it's kind of draining. So I was really looking forward to a weekend where I didn't have to go over every day and make sure everything was being done. Cause I knew that someone was there who could help out and, you know, get a break. She got here Friday morning, picked her up from the airport, dropped her off. Very exciting. I wasn't going to have to do anything for three days. I was just going to stay in my underwear in my room and not even leave probably. Friday night, 7 p.m., my mother texts me and says, oh, so um, um, your godmother had to take your father to the ER. And so lovely, I, went, lovely. I was like, oh, I'm all right, I'm coming over. So I had to go throw on clothes and go over and stay with my mother. And my dad ended up having a gallbladder issue. And you'd think it'd be just, you know, gallbladder. So they're going to remove it and be done. But no, because just, uh, you know, he's on he's, blood thinners no. and they can't. Well, he's on blood thinners, so they can't. They can't remove it immediately, and they can't do it in this town because this little small fucking town doesn't have any type of surgical, you know, center. So they have to take them to Park City, which is about a half hour away. Park City's going to do the surgery, but they have to wait over 24 hours to let the blood thinners get out of his system before they can actually operate. Then they didn't even get to him until late in the afternoon yesterday, and so I went to Park City and was sitting there in the hospital for six hours waiting for him to get done, basically, because... Oh, my God. I got there when I thought they were going to be bringing him in, and they still hadn't even brought him in yet, so I was just kind of sitting there. 
and then they finally brought him back and they said, okay, well, the, you know, his gallbladder is all removed, but there's more gallstones blocking his duct that we can't get to. And because this is Park City, which is also a small town hospital, they don't have the equipment necessary for, for this uh, procedure called an ERCP where they do it like a thing where they have to basically go into his bile duct and like blow out the stones is basically what it is. <laughs> so, yeah. So then he had to oh get transported God. by ambulance to Salt Lake City to go to the hospital there. So now he's an hour away last night and they were going to do it today, but they didn't do it till five o'clock this afternoon. We're recording this at seven. He just got done and they're going to make him stay overnight again. And then finally tomorrow he gets to go home. So basically I've been kind of just, you know, working with that and dealing with that. So my, uh, here I am, my dad's the one going through all the surgery. I'm like, poor me, you know, woe is me, which I would feel guilty about, except I was really looking forward to a weekend of just not having to do anything. Well, mentally, now you're all riled up again, uh, worried about yes, your dad. Um, not only your mom now, but then, yeah. Yeah, and it's just, you know, and now, because then when she leaves, usually my dad can take care of her, like, during the day. But if he's also going to be an invalid, too, then I might just have to, like, bring my laptop during the day and just basically try to work from there to make sure everybody's, you know, copacetic. So, yeah, it's it's just mentally exhausting. Like I I need like a I need a genuine like vacation somewhere, and I you know that's, it'll it'll be coming at some point I'm sure, but maybe not for a little while. So yeah, that's uh that's what's going on in my life. Um, and I uh, I, I just want to go to sleep for like three days. Hmm. Well, yeah. no no home issues like I've been yeah. having. No. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it is fun because I'm in a condo, and a condo is part of this resort and they have an hoa for the condo aspect of it now they also have hotel rooms as well which obviously are a little different but i'm on the first floor and my condo out looks out onto a courtyard that faces the pool and the hot tub and all that stuff and so the only there's no windows i just have two french doors that open up onto it and so there's no natural light that I can automatically have unless I open the blinds to the French doors. Well, they look right into my bedroom. In fact, one looks almost weirdly directly into my bathroom. And so I bought a, a privacy screen, like a six-foot-tall privacy screen that I, you know, they fold you put in the corner of a room or whatever, like to dress, get dressed behind or whatever. And I, uh, I stuck it in uh, outside the the on the little like deck that I have, you know, like a little stone deck that's uh, that's with a couple chairs there. Stuck it out there just to give me privacy so I can have my blinds open. And the HOA sent me a letter saying that it wasn't allowed. And I, I forwarded you, saw It, it was and, such a good email. <laughs> yeah, so they sent me this letter that said that, you know, that this, this privacy screen violated their one of their rules. And the, the rule they quote says that you're not allowed to have any barbecues or skis or um, mountain bikes or similar private property out on your deck. And so could you please take it in or we'll have to find you. And so I wrote a letter back basically saying that, uh, well, um, a privacy screen is neither a barbecue nor a pair of skis nor a mountain bike or anything similar to that at all. And that if you intended it to mean all private property, then you should have said all private property. But I think that in a, you know, in a reasonable standard, that's not similar. You know, that's not a similar thing. It's a very different thing. In fact, those are not related in any way whatsoever. And that, I like to have the natural light coming in, so I'm going to keep my blinds open regardless so they can decide what would be more offensive, a nice, high-quality black screen with, uh, you know, that <laughs> looks very nice with wrought iron, and, you know, that, that that blocks the, you know, blocks, gives me privacy and lets the light in, 
or me uh, walking Swing around naked with, with the blinds. I'm going to be helicopter. helicoptering my dick in, in, in the doorway every morning. I'm going to be doing calisthenics. I'm going to be doing squats and toe, toe touching. I'm going to be doing everything. So they can decide if they want to give me an exception from will they be here till the spring? You know, minimal effort, minimal, you know, it's a minimal effort for everyone. And I said it's a maximum benefit for us all. And so I emailed them. So we'll see what they have to say about that. But I, ho I hope they reply back and say, you know what? You can go ahead and keep the screen up there. Low key, I want them to still say you have to remove the screen just so you can just pull all the shenanigans. And then they message back, all of your acts are a violation to HOA. Put the screen back up. <laughs> Please put the screen back up. Yes. Because what I'm doing in the privacy of my own place is my you know i'm allowed to do whatever i want you know and when you know if the blinds are open and you know there's people like staring in because you can't walk by without looking in basically which is why i bought it in the first place yeah it's yeah so i took out all my all my uh, anger but not like an ang i didn't write an angry email i wrote no, very professional very professional and um and and you had to almost read between the lines to see what i was saying like i was very you know very careful in that yeah you you're adam heath evitable Esquire. Esquire. <laughs> yes, I had assigned it Esquire, and I and I cited. I said that case law would probably find me uh, to be, uh, you know, that it was it would be on my side and things like that. So we'll see if they would decide they want to be complete pricks. But let me just say, fuck HOAs just in general. Mm -hmm. They're the worst. Well, on that note, let's get yeah, to I other know. positive I things. I know how it was. How this all just been a downer. I'm just like, oh, I'm just so miserable. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Well, I just uh, yeah, let we'll, me. We'll, let me shout out some countries this go around. One, because I can pronounce them. And two, for some positivity, maybe? Yes. Yeah, yeah why not? Go okay, ahead. Okay. So, you know, we, we track which countries are listening to Dating Kind of Sucks around the world. And we have some new ones to call out, such as Portugal, Malaysia, Singapore, India, Peru, and Ghana. So thank you for listening. And, uh, yeah, that's exciting. We have not Absolutely. Peru before, I don't think. I, I don't think we have either. Yeah. We had that Spotify wrapped um, that uh, that they did for Dating Kind of Sucks too. That showed us, I forgot how many countries it said. I know I put it up there. It was 145, something like that. It was. I mean, it was a good number of countries. Yeah. That uh, that where people on Spotify listen to us as well. So that's that's pretty neat. Mm -hmm. I also want to do a shout out to a new patron on our Patreon, Tom Wade. Thank you very much for your support. And um, if you do enjoy the podcast and you'd like to support uh, just the effort we put into making this happen. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash dkspodcast. And uh, we do, before we get to the next part of the uh, of the episode, we have an email part from a listener. Part one and two. Yeah, part, part <laughs> yeah. two or three. Yeah, we're, gonna get the, we're on part one right now. We have three parts. Um, we have an email question from a, uh, from a listener. I'm going to read what she said, and then let Sarah talk, and then I'll say what I said to her as well. Mm. She, um, she's been listening to the podcast for a while. Uh, she's a bisexual woman. She's always dated with the goal to be in a long-term relationship. She doesn't have time or energy for short-term things. And here's what she says. I've been dating this guy for around seven months. He's amazing. Wonderful man. I have nothing but good things to say. He listens. He cleans. He's hygienic and not misogynistic. He accepts me as I am. We have lots of similarities personality-wise and lots of conversations about the future. I love him. I think he's really a special person. I just know he would be an amazing partner and maybe father, but I don't know what to do. I'm not in love with him. I don't find myself excited to see him or wanting to spend time with him. When I am with him, I do have a nice time. I'm so confused because we have planned so much for the future, but I keep doubting if this is right. Sex is also just okay. 
And it's not like he doesn't know what he's doing. He's doing everything right. I'm just not feeling it. And I feel like if I'm already having doubts, what kind of future does this hold? So she asks, I'm starting to think, am I a lesbian or and not bisexual? Is something wrong with me? I've only been with men sexually. I have loved my ex years ago, but the relationship was toxic. I have been in love with a woman, but never got all the way with one. I find myself very confused and don't know how to go about it. I don't look forward to sex with him. I can go weeks without seeing him and not miss him. I feel like a horrible person because I don't want to hurt such a good guy, especially as if we talked about having a family. I feel like if I let him go, I may be making a mistake because he's really one of a kind. So why don't I have feelings for him like I should? It's more of a friendship than love. And she continues on. I think nothing really there is that relevant. Let's see. Um, so she just doesn't, yeah, so. no, I mean, it's relevant, but not like that, that's the, that's basically the gist of the entire email is, you know, yeah. she just doesn't know what to do. And, uh, she asked for our advice or any suggestions. So Sarah. Yeah. Immediately when I was reading this myself, the line, if it's not a fuck, yes, it's a fuck. No came to mind. I think you can date great people and think that they're great and not have that connection and it'd be totally fine. I also think don't let time the time and effort that you put into it don't let that be stopping you from making the decision to end it just because it's been a handful of months and you've invested a certain amount of time doesn't mean now you have to get married to this person and make it work I think you're allowed to change how you feel about a person whether that's someone romantically or a friendship no matter how long that person's been in your life I don't know I feel like you should be excited to date someone and be with someone not just feel meh about them and in this instance I just think your gut is telling you to be picky and use this time to reevaluate it I if I mean I'm not in your shoes but I would want to be with someone who I'm like I miss them there's just you know the energy you know whatever but don't use that energy and what you're looking for in a future relationship as like the only thing you want because that could turn into something toxic and you know you're not going to just jump to the next person and it be energy and sex and all of the other things that you might be lacking in this so reevaluate have maybe have that conversation of I'd like to spice up our sex life you know I've been feeling a little blah like try a couple of things out before going yeah I still kind of feel eh about all of this no that's good that's a good answer I'll say what I what I said by email because I replied to her in our because she emailed dating kind of sucks which you can also email by the way with any questions dating kind of sucks podcast at gmail.com which uh, one of us checks regularly. Um, Yo, did I not tell you that I moved across the country <laughs> and just haven't checked it haven't checked anything in a month so chill. Um, I, I this is my reply to her. I said, are you a lesbian? Maybe that might be worth exploring, but in my opinion, very few people are 100 straight or gay, and most people are somewhere in the middle. Is there something wrong with you? Absolutely not. It seems to me like maybe there's just no passion. You have great compatibility as a team and as friends, but if you don't have that raw passion, things can get tired very quickly. A partner can be damn near perfect and still not right for you. That's nobody's fault because you can't force attraction. Too many people have tried and eventually failed. Seven months isn't too long of a time, so you have two options as far as I can see. One, you suggest that both of you go to a couple's counselor and see if that helps. Or two, just have a very frank and honest conversation with them and end the relationship. Your gut is telling you this isn't what you want, and it's important to listen to your gut. You've got a hard choice ahead of you, but you don't want to be stuck in a life where you're bored or avoiding him and just not in love. And good luck. So, yeah. Yeah, I think 
I always think now too, a year from now, if you were still in this situation, how would you feel? Right. Unhappy and feeling like, oh, I should have, I should have made a decision or, oh, okay. I'm glad I'm still with this person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, you know, seven, seven months in and she's just not really enjoying, she's avoiding sex. She's not really enjoying it, even though everything's compatible just means that they're not compatible in a relationship way. They just might be really good friends, but even though that's probably not going to be keeping a friendship in that case is pretty damn impossible. But yeah, but like you you just can't, you can't stay in a relationship just because it looks great on paper. That's never a good idea. It quote unquote works, but you're not feeling it means it doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's my marriage. It was great on paper. It was great because, you know, everything went well. We had all the same interests. We liked doing the same things together, you know, and all that was just perfect. And uh, You, you went know. out as a happy couple and yeah. showed face that that's what you guys were. Well, and We had great parties where we loved throwing them together. Like, and it was just, it was all in all just fantastic, but it wasn't a good relationship. And so ending it is really the only way that it would have been. And I'm, I'm much happier as a result of having done that. Mm-hmm. And don't let the the talks of marriage or whatever you've talked about in the future stop you from making decisions as well. That's Because I think that's an added pressure of, well, we had talked about wanting to get married. That does It's irrelevant, really, because if you're not feeling it, then you shouldn't do that it's just because like, you like, talked about it's it. It's like when you're like on a, um, you know, you're, you're like about to break up with somebody where you're like, oh, but we plan to go to this cruise or we've just got tickets to go to this concert. And you're like, you're trying to like look for these reasons. You're like, you know what? Those are not important reasons to stay in a relationship. No, they're terrible. It's just, you know, it's some money you spent. You can make it back up later and go on that experience by yourself or do whatever. Yep. So there you go. Hopefully uh, I did ask her to follow up and let us know how things go. So uh, if she does, uh, we will find out and I'm hoping that she ends up uh, finding some happiness there. And what, of course, if you do have questions, once again, you can email us at dating kind of sucks podcast at gmail.com. Or you can call us at, uh, on our DKS hotline at 407-519-0181 and leave a voicemail. I know we have a couple in there that people have left that we will be getting to in future episodes. So you can leave a voicemail with any type of question you might have. Great. And with that, we'll be back with what to see with Sarah G after the short message. <laughs> Welcome back. This week, we're going to join Sarah G as she takes us on an adventure and explores what to see in Antigua, Guatemala. Yes, and I spent from end of May through June, most of June in Antigua and other parts of Guatemala this summer, and I have a lot to share. Number one, though, don't let Antigua's location stop you because it is located in the hotspot of volcanic activity, and it's also prone to many natural disasters like earthquakes and, you know, volcanic eruptions. Um, It served as the capital of Guatemala for more than 230 years until the modern-day capital was established in Guatemala City. Now, the reason why it moved, you may be wondering, well, it experienced an earthquake of around 7.4 magnitude in 1777, and authorities actually ordered a relocation of the capital to a safer region, which is now Guatemala City. So if being surrounded by volcanoes, some active, some not, doesn't scare you, and you're looking to make a trip to Antigua, the best time to visit is actually during the dry season, which runs from November through March. But like I said, I I went May through June, which was the start of rainy season, and it really wasn't that bad. If you've been to Florida during the summer, it's kind of like that. It's sunny most of the day. It rains for about an hour, hour and a half, and then it clears up, and you're on your way. 
Now, to get to Antigua, you'll fly into Guatemala City, and then you can hire a car to take you an hour into town. They use Uber in Guatemala, and although it can be a quick drive, you never really know with traffic if there's landslides like that happened to me. You can It could take three, four hours to get to Antigua from the airport. So if you're pressed for time, just plan accordingly and know. Maybe don't go during rainy season because that, that definitely the landslide happened during rainy season. Um, but once you get to the city, it is incredibly walkable and it's filled with colorful colonial style buildings that were built in the 17th and 18th century. And as you're exploring and walking down the cobblestone streets, you'll easily be able to spot the volcano named Agua on a clear day, which is the water volcano. Um, they also have a volcano named Fuego, which you guessed it is the active volcano or fire where you can see the fire and the lava. Now, things to do. There's a lot of things that I'm going to mention that Adam will say, fuck no. And then there's some Adam could say, yeah, I might try that. I might give it a try. So this this set of things to do are for the thrill seekers. And the thrill seekers can hike a couple of different volcanoes. The one I did was a two-day hike up to a Katanango. It's the, you'd hike the Katanango volcano. And from there, you're able to view Agua and see Fuego erupt. It is a six-hour hike to the campsite, and then if you happen to still have energy left after all of that, you can climb that evening to parts of Fuego, and uh, yeah, I did not have energy for that, or you can sleep in the tent, and then in the morning at 3 a.m., hike all the way up to the summit of Acatenango, which also I did not have energy for. So, but you know, the six hour hike was still really worth it to me. Definitely a once in a lifetime experience. It is a very challenging hike, Definitely never going to do it again, and that's all I have to say about that. The other volcano, if you still want to hike a volcano, um, the easier hike is said to be Pacaya, and this one is special because the guides will actually stop along the way and allow you to roast marshmallows or cook pizza on the volcano. I thought that's what I was going to have during my experience for a Katanango, and they're like, no, they don't have like those active heat whatever things to roast marshmallows. So you can only do that on Pacaya, which is actually pretty cool. Just didn't want to do another hike after doing the six-hour one. So yeah, if you want something easier, though, just not, not really wanting to hike a volcano, you can walk 10 minutes up to the Hill of the Cross, and you'll have views of Antigua, and then you can also see Volcan de Agua as well on a nice clear day. As you're walking around town, you'll more than likely stumble upon the Santa Catalina Arch, and this is really like one of the picturesque, I, I, I guess, architectural things that you'll see throughout travel to Central America, you'll see this yellow arch. Um, it was constructed in the 1600s and is actually a pretty popular spot for tourists to stop and take photos. Um, another thing in Antigua, there's also a lot of ruins to view throughout the city. Because of the earthquakes, a lot of churches have been destroyed or really beautiful buildings are just kind of scattered throughout with ruins and they've tried to reconstruct them into museums or places where you can pay as they're like trying to restore certain areas or keep it safe. One of the places I really liked um, was Convento La Recolección. And it's an old church and monastery city that, you know, was just damaged by the earthquakes. But I took some really cool Instagram photos there. So if you're looking for a photo spot, I got you. <laughs> In the surrounding mountain area, you can take a day trip to Habitanango. It's a quirky little spot with scenic mountain views, fun games, and a lot of photo opportunities as well. They also have this swing that drops off the side of the mountain that you can then just swing after you drop. It was kind of scary, but fun. 
uh, if you're looking for an adrenaline rush. So yeah, that's kind of the thrill seekers guide. For those who want to rest and relax, I highly recommend checking out the five-star hotel in town called Hotel Casa Santo Domingo. And if you book a massage appointment, it gives you access to their steam rooms, their outdoor pool, and their indoor cave pool. And it's just really nice spending an entire day. Really, once you step into the area, it feels like you're in a jungle. And then you can just dip and like walk slowly into the water. It was probably one of the coolest spas I've ever been to. So if you're looking for a luxurious, check it out. And do you just want to do the spa, Adam? Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, that's the only thing that I could see being the like, ten minute, wow. You wouldn't do 10 minutes up the hill to see the view of Antigua, no? Uh, maybe, yeah, that might be. They, it really, it wasn't they, that bad. They don't have like a car that'll drive you up there. See, I didn't go that way. I feel like you probably could if you There's wanted no, like, to take little the tuck, car. Tuck tucks you can get into for for a little bit of money. Uh, I think you could, you could have if you really wanted to. <laughs> sure. Yeah, but no, I, the, definitely the the hotel sounds nice. The spa. It actually, as as you're saying that, I started. I literally started. Like I stopped listening to you and I started thinking. You know what? This this resort has a spa that I completely forgot about. I should go get a massage there. Like I started thinking about that as you were talking about it. So yes, like that sounds amazing. Up your alley. Well, okay. Good to know. Places to eat. Let's see what interests Adam. One place I hit up often was Luna de Miel for crepes and smoothies, which when you think of Antigua, you're like, why would you get that? It was just a really popular like night spot to go to. And a couple of people who have been there before highly recommended it. I also really loved Rakan. Atigueno. I'm going to butcher this. Uh, Atigueno. Antigueno. Uh, see, I just called it Recon. So Recon, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Recon. Like, no one called like, on Google, and then I looked it up now. But um, it's a really local spot to grab lunch. I walked in there. There weren't any tables. And this woman got up out of her seat as she was about to leave. I was like, you can sit here and told me in Spanish. She's like, enjoy your lunch. She's like, have a good time in, in Guatemala. And I was like, okay. Like, I was clearly not a local and that was but it was really cool though that i just felt really i don't know it was a good vibe in there and you can get rotisserie chicken salad tortillas rice and a drink and it was like five us dollars so a lot of a lot a lot of food i also really liked going to cafe soul and samsara for lunch and breakfast and then they also downtown have the chocolate museum if you have a little sweet tooth and then for now we're talking and, chocolate museum. Okay. The chocolate museum, you could take like classes there and learn how they make chocolate or you can just buy some of their chocolate. They also have taste testers and stuff. So hit that up. And then for ice cream around the corner, there's La Tienda de Dona Gavi and they have a bunch of different flavors and it's a really cute little spot too. So that is food. As far as anything else that you'd want to do in the surrounding areas outside of Antigua, I really enjoyed my weekend trip to Lake Atitlan, and that's about a three-hour bus ride away. Or if you're wanting to go to the eastern side of Guatemala, you can take a 30-minute plane ride to Flores and then check out Tikal and do all of that too. So that's what you can do in Antigua and then some other things in Guatemala. Yeah. Now, why didn't you, why wouldn't you do the volcano again? Um, I hated every second of it. (laughs) (laughs) And honestly, I watched so many fucking Instagram and YouTube videos on the hike. And they're like, it's hard, but it's so worth it. And I'm like, okay, cool. Mistake number one was I packed way too much water. And they said- Too much water. That's interesting. Right, right. But I- 
had to carry everything on my back. Yes, I could have paid to get a to hire a porter where someone could have carried my backpack or I could have paid to have a horse take me up, but I just felt like the horses were struggling at certain points and even the girls who I was kind of like I was one of the like the there was, you know, the front runner group, the middle pack and the backpack. My ba- my ass was in the back with some of the other girls who had hired like the horse and I've I saw the horse slide, the girls didn't who paid for the horse, didn't feel safe on it. So I was like, eh, I'm happy I didn't do the horse. But it's six hours of just straight incline. Oh no relief, God. straight incline. And you start like the first hour, you're like, damn, this is kind of challenging. And then like the, the guides are just laughing like, mm, you're not even, you know, a third of the way there, dude. You just keep going. And wow. Yeah. So it was really challenging. And then also camping is just not my thing. So as a solo traveler, the tour group that I used kind of forgot about me. They forgot to pick me up from my Airbnb. So I didn't have a backpack. Like I was scrambling at the last second. Like they didn't have enough food for me on the, it was just like a shit show. And then when I got up to the mountain, like at our campsite, they didn't have a fucking bed for me. They're like, oh, we don't know where to put you. And I was like in a goddamn tent. And they're like, well, we don't have enough. And everyone's in pairs of two. So you're going to have to get crammed in with someone you don't know. Mm. And I was like, how the fuck is this fair? Just because I'm the like, solo person. So I got crammed in with these other two girls. And it was like the worst sleep I've ever had in my life. And then, wow. you know, sleeping what, with what, two. What travel company should nobody ever book? Uh, See, way? that's hard because I actually use them for other things that I liked. <sighs> but I just think the girl that like the intern who was like planning my arrival and stuff who no longer works there just did a really poor job of handling all of the situations that I was dealing with. So I don't want to knock the travel company, but there's a lot of other, just DM me personally, if you're looking for one, but there are a lot of others in town. It's incredibly cold at the top of the mountain, no matter what, you know, like the elevation, no matter what time of year. And you also have to be careful that you don't vomit as you're hiking up the mountain or the volcano because of elevation changes. So that was the one thing is stop, take water, take a couple deep breaths, then keep going. Well, I was so worried that I was going to puke because of, you know, the elevation changes that I was like overly breathing and people like you're going, you know, I was, you know, the, the last five or six of the group at times. And they're like, Oh, stop. I'm like, I'm not going to rush myself. I'm going to fucking get there to the campsite. Don't worry. But people were like, it was like a fucking competition to race up the, volcano and then the next day it was like a people not in our group but other groups were like running down the volcano trying to get a good time down the volcano like it's a fucking marathon and i'm like i'm not getting shin splints i'm not twisting my fucking ankle in this mud like just be smart about it so i think most of my annoyance was just how the guides kind of handled people at different paces and skill level because it is it is hard right right um, yeah, over. The, the horse thing actually too you'd think that being on a horse might make you feel safer but then you think about the fact you're four and a half five feet up in the air yep. on an animal that if it decides just to run off the edge you can't stop it like you know the, you're you're out of luck that would be terrifying actually i feel like that would just be they'd be like riding a bicycle like a one of those high 1920s bicycles like just you know what it just i don't think it would feel safer at all 
They're um, going around curves yeah. and in the mud and then like uneven trails and this poor horse is, I don't know. I was like, uh, you know, animal cruelty to a degree too. And I was like, ah, I'm not paying for a horse. I'll just do it myself. So. I have one final important question to ask about the volcano stuff. Did you have to oh, God. poop off the side of a mountain? No, but I pissed off the side of a mountain and almost <laughs> fell. And that was when I went, this is fucking not for me. I can't wait to be done with this tomorrow. <laughs> Because they had an outhouse, and it was fucking awful. Oh and then, of course, you have, like, your little headlamp to go, and it's, you know, there's it's not like there's electricity or anything really up there. They have, like, one main campsite that has a lamp or whatever right. and a fire. So you have your little headlight going over, and everybody knows you're going to take a shit when you go that way. The whole group of 20 people are just like, she's going to piss or take a shit. So you, like, go over there, and then, you know, you come back, and the next person goes, and I'm like, it was miserable so then i was like i'm not doing that again i'm just going to find a spot along the way and just pop a squat and pee because i have to pee well that was also stupid because it had rained and i just like slipped as i was pissing and <laughs> yeah wow can you imagine memories to last imagine if a you died that way they're just like how did sarah die she died <laughs> died her <laughs> pants around her ankles pissing on the side of a volcano luckily like yes it was steep but i would have landed at another area of another campground so i would have probably survived like I, honestly but... i would i would fight your mother to make sure that went in your obituary just to uh, make sure <laughs> that that was part of your obituary if that happened great thank would, you for that is that what you'd want i feel like that's what you'd want no not really no <laughs> but i'm glad i'm glad i told this story for everyone to hear yes me I too almost died yeah cool how great so that's what to see with sarah g <laughs> Thanks, Adam, for asking those <laughs> I appreciate it. Yep, we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we're going to get to the topic about uh, how much money has to how much money matters when it comes to dating. We mention all the time you can email us for advice or give us a call. This topic actually is inspired by a listener reaching out and asking for advice through what a 30-minute voicemail. Well, yes, uh, she actually messaged us through our Instagram at Dating Kind of Sucks and said that she needed a little advice. She was a new listener to the podcast, and could she ask it? And I said, sure. So then she left a voice memo that was just a short one. And I said, oh, okay, I'm in the middle, so I'll check out later. She goes, okay, well, my actual question, I'll just go ahead and leave. Uh, she goes, I have to I have to put it in a WeTransfer file for you because it's, it's so oh, long. Oh, no. <laughs> so then she sends me a link, and I click on it, and it's like a 33-minute long audio clip and i was like well this is like watching an episode of television jesus so i put it on uh speaker as i like was cleaning my kitchen and like doing and cooking dinner and everything and listen to her whole thing so you're better than me because i i think i could only listen to maybe five minutes and then i'm like okay that's a that's a long time for me to commit to listening to something well, I will say that within 30 seconds of listening to it, I knew exactly what was going to happen, and I knew the exact <laughs> problem, and I continued to listen to it just to see if there was a twist or something that happened that maybe I didn't expect was going to happen, but no, there was not. It was exactly what I thought. Essentially, she's in the UK, and she met a guy, and, and this first part might sound really familiar, but um, he was really into her, and then he offered to fly her to London to go out. And buy her a little plane ticket. And uh, swindler, yeah, right. That, that's what that sounds like to me. Sounds just like both the uh, our whole discussion of the episode of the Tinder, the Tinder, the Tinder swindler. Can't say no, no, it. the Tinder swindler. Yeah, the uh, the Tinder swindler. Uh, yeah, so he flies her out and then insists on treating her uh, to everything. 
and she tries to say no and she's like no no it's okay i don't you know like i i've got this like he insisted on putting her up in a, like a really nice hotel and she was i think she was either going to stay with a friend or something like she had plans you know but he was like no i insist and then he wanted to you know take her out to dinner which okay that's fine but then he wanted to like buy her things like take her literally shopping and she she said you know she was in i don't think you know no there's no reason he goes no listen you know this is just my way to show you that i appreciate you coming out and spending time no problems um you know and everything and so then she relented and she's like fine okay and then she even said she goes and then i might have gone a little crazy because he was like just get you know get things and he was having he had a very expensive that's taste wild. Yeah. that's wild i know yeah. so you know when you know, someone has expensive tastes and insists that you go shopping in expensive stores and buy things that you want i don't blame you for going and doing that at all after you say i don't feel comfortable and right. they're like no 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 this is for you i promise then, right okay i'll get that gucci bag or that hermes whatever sure if you insist exactly so so it you know it seems like i can see where this is going as she started telling this i was like oh <laughs> this guy is going to turn out to be a piece of shit. Like he's going to turn out to start having expectations and then start to basically demand that she do things with him or treat him in a certain way because he spent money on her. So what can you guess happened? Mm, well, it probably didn't go well. Let's just say I know what happens, but let's just pretend it doesn't go well. Right. And he tries to make a move and she's not interested. Well, essentially, I mean, she said that they didn't have sex at first and she told him that she takes her time with that. And he, he actually said, that's fine. No problem. And it wasn't as much about sex. He wasn't demanding sex from her. He started demanding, like, that they be in a relationship and wanted to start to know more about her and her family and stuff like that. So they talk, like, they would talk and they'd have conversations. But then he started to get very demanding. Um, started to essentially blame her anytime she wasn't immediately available. Started to make accusations that she's dating all types of people. Um, she, you know, it was like, listen, I will, you know, I, I don't need this in my life. You know, he started asking why they weren't like so, you know, social media official. And she's like, I'm not, I don't really do social media like that. I'm very private on there, but also we're not in a relationship. Um, he, at one point got so mad, you know, well, I've spent all this money on you. You could at least treat me like your boyfriend. Oh, I want to punch this motherfucker so bad. Yeah, after all this I bought for you. So then she's like, I will give it all back to you. You know, I will give it all back to you. And, like, he, she actually, he made her show him her, like, uh, Depop and Etsy and eBay uh, accounts so that he could see that she wasn't selling the things that he gave her, the gifts that he gave her or bought for her. Fucking piece of shit. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, dude, they're not gifts if there's a condition on them. That's not a gift. A gift is something you give just because you want to give to someone. If you have a condition on it, then that's that's either bribery or some type of level of prostitution there. Um, but yeah, so then she just got less and less interested in him. At one point, I think she agreed to sign a contract that said she would pay everything back, everything that he'd spent on her. Absolutely not. She, she agreed not to give that. everything back, uh, but then he ripped it up in front of her and said he was just too in love with her and he just didn't want her to have to be obligated. But he's the one who wrote the fucking contract oh in the first place. Oh, my fucking God. What a manipulative asshole. Yeah. And then finally he, you know, in the end, uh, she stopped talking to him and then he showed up at her apartment and, like, talked his way in said, well, I'm her boyfriend, like, when she wasn't there and then started accusing her of being a prostitute and saying, oh, you're just fucking all these other guys and they're just buying you gifts and, you know, of course, doing what guys do where he just, he essentially started getting shitty and jealous and blaming her for shit and and then you know because he's projecting wait you didn't fucking tell me that he got into her fucking apartment yeah 
Wait, convince the doorman he fucking... No, no, just, I, I guess, uh, just went up uh, uh, to her flat, I guess, uh, just to, to the door, knocked, and then her roommate answered and said, <sighs> and he just kind of, he just kind of almost forced him, forced his way in and said, oh, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm her, I'm her boyfriend, I'm just going to hear her, I'm going to wait for her. Yeah. This is the same person who will turn it around and say, I'm a good guy, though. I want to be with you. I'm risking, I'm risking, I don't, risking something, you know, I'm putting time and energy into this yep. and you don't see you don't see that because you don't care about me i don't understand why why i so she was asking for the advice basically of you know am i crazy and, and not wanting to be with him and i'm like no you're not crazy and you're not you didn't do anything wrong and she also was like and i've agreed that i'm gonna start paying him back for everything and i was like please don't do that that money was like given to you as a gift there were no conditions with it and you were not you you do not owe him a fucking thing i said keep that money sell everything that you want or keep it i don't you like but don't give it back to him he doesn't deserve any of that i said block him on everything possible and he needs to be out of your life um but yeah he would just blame her for everything and you know basically he was essentially saying that because he bought her all these things because he spent all this money that she owed him a relationship and that inspired the topic of you know what what is let's talk about the you know the, the the power that money has over over a lot of relationships and over the initial especially the initial stages of dating i think she did everything right of saying i don't feel comfortable this is out of my price range let's not you know she probably was like let's go to this cheaper restaurant or shit i'm not going to order the most expensive thing and right. it's really hard to stick stick to like that lane of spending when someone is like, no, it's fine. Order the a hundred dollar thing, and you think you're safe with this person. You're comfortable. You're starting to like this person. Okay, this is a nice treat. This is just how they want to treat me and make me feel special. She didn't do anything wrong. She shouldn't ever pay it back. Mm-hmm. But th- it it instantly becomes a power dynamic now because she's in his eyes the quote unquote broke girl. Even though we haven't heard anything about her, you know, she could have her own money. She probably has her own money and could hold her own perfectly fine. But now he's viewing her as less than because he's spent $10,000 on dating her so far. So he's got to he's got to continue to put her down to walk all over her because that is the power dynamic that he's creating. It's not a respect. He doesn't fucking respect her. He just sees her as someone now he can take advantage of because he spent this money on because she can never, she's less than him now because she couldn't spend that type of money on herself. Well, in his eyes, she was less, less from the beginning. Like there was all manipulation and abuse from the beginning because the thing is, is like he, you know, he, he basically she, she is, acting like an abuse victim um and she was telling me like essentially in, in this thing that she feels like she has to prove herself to him that he's calling her a prostitute and she has to try to like she's worried that he's going to somehow like tell her family that she's a prostitute because he bought her things and 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 that he, she's probably out there do you know having sex for money with other men and like all this stuff even though like she actively said no to him as far as she didn't want him to buy the things and she also did not immediately like have sex with him either she was you know she took her time until she was comfortable with that and then she just realized there's just she wasn't into him which is good because he was throwing up red flags left and right from the very beginning but he's essentially manipulated her to this level now where she feels guilty and I can't believe he called her a prostitute yes uh, and, like, uh, yeah what? of course it's it's because he's it's, you know what it is? It's that it's that nice guy thing where they're like oh you're so hot and they're like hey I'm not interested oh you're a fat cow like they they immediately 
you know, get like they get defensive and they immediately lash out, which means that they were never interested in them as a human being in the first place. They were, you know, that they were interested in them in something, you know, like as an object, basically. Well, he also never respected her when she said, you know, I don't feel comfortable right. with this level of spending. It'd be one thing if every once in a while it was like, no, babe, let me just treat you to this. You know, you deserve it. But every single fucking time. Yeah. And he knows in every spending scenario, she feels somewhat uncomfortable. And he's playing that to his advantage of saying, oh, she probably feels uncomfortable. Let's see what shit I can say to her now because she'll feel scared to say anything because I just bought this expensive dinner. Yep. She would never disrespect me after I just paid for this. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, so that's a situation. I feel I'm glad that she finally got out of it. Um, and I want to talk about money and the role it has in more in a more general sense, maybe in dating. And I think that there, there is a... There, money has this weird thing where it does create this sense of obligation. And it, not just related to to dating, but just in, in any type of interaction with other people, any type of interpersonal relation, you know, like relationship, when money comes up, it becomes a thing where people react weirdly about it. Like I don't, I never loan money that I expect to get back. Mm -hmm. You know, like if yeah. I, if I, if I loan somebody money, you know, it's, it's amount of money. It's going to be whatever money I'm actually capable of getting rid of that I don't need. And I don't expect to give it back. And I also don't expect, I don't get, shitty about it if i like the person that i gave money to i see them out spending money on something that they you know that you would consider not a necessity i'm like it's you know it's not my responsibility it's not my business either but like they asked for they, they needed x y and z for their own reasons i gave it to them out of with no obligation i don't have a right to then try to be like oh well why aren't they using it on this you know why are they using it on a you know a tattoo instead of this whatever whatever they need for their emotional Whatever, whatever. Like I, I just, I, yeah. I, but I'm very conscious about that because as someone who has borrowed money and then had gotten guilt about it before I, before I pay, could pay it fully back, I, I realized how terrible that made me feel as a person. Mm -hmm. And so when, you know, whenever I loan it, it, it is something I'm like, if you can pay it back, great. If not, it doesn't affect who, you know, like who you are to me in any way whatsoever. And when I've ever, I've had seen people who, when I've donated money, people who are doing badly or something like that, and need a little bit of a push or something like that. And I've sent them a little bit of money, $50, $100, whatever, like not a lot. And then they'll get back to me and they'll be so, thank you so much. What can I do for you? You know, like, so, you know, sometimes, a lot of times it's, it's like someone who's in some way, like they have an OnlyFans. They're like, Hey, do you want nudes or something? You know? And I'm like, no, listen. <laughs> Like, no. I, I don't, I don't, I don't need. You cook me a meal instead. I was like, well, I, I used to be like, I don't need nudes. What I want you to do is just next time you're in a good position and you know somebody else isn't, just pay it forward. Like, that's the, that's the only thing that I would ever ask of you is just to pay it forward to somebody else. You don't owe me a fucking thing. And I try to make that so crystal clear because money has this ability, even when you mean it completely innocuously, to create a sense of obligation. And well, I'll say just let me say it, and then you can yeah. when you're and when you're malicious about it, and when you give it with the intention of trying to get something from somebody, it's very easy to manipulate someone with money because it, like I said, because it its default status of giving someone money is manipulative almost. You have to you have to like fight against it being manipulative, and so when you're when you're doing it with malicious intent, it's even worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and from my perspective of just money in general, and the power dynamic of seeing people who make more money than you or less money than you, some people use that in their minds of I'm better than you because I make more money than you, or I'm better than you because I've saved more money than you and prioritize right. my finances. People spend their money or choose to not spend their money in different ways. Yeah. 
spending it on tattoos, spending it on nice dinners, spending it on whatever. As long as you can pay your bills and you live a comfortable, you know, you're living within your means and you prioritize what you're spending those extra fancy things on, whether that's a nice dinner or a clothing item you've been saving up for. It's nobody else's fucking business of how much money you make or like what you're spending your money on. As long as you're paying your bills and you're comfortable with where you're at. Yeah. It's Do people want to make more money? Sure. I'm if you're, you know, to feel a little bit more comfortable, sure. But for you to look down on someone because they don't make x amount of money because they're only in that job field or whatever, you're not better than them. And honestly, mm-hmm. like I don't give a fuck what your job title is that gives you that type of money. That doesn't mean you're allowed to treat me like shit or give me handouts because you feel sorry for me no i'm an independent person and i can pay my own bills i don't need your handouts thank you very much yep i didn't ask for him i agree and i think that's the it's also the very same mentality as like uh, when people are um getting assistance from the government and then they buy a cake with it or they buy you know um you know like you see them buying soda and they're like well why are they buying juice you know what stay out of their fucking business like they're allowed to take vacations people who are struggling are allowed to enjoy their lives and take a vacation with the money that they save just because they're in a certain bracket of you know financial stability or whatever people are allowed to enjoy their lives and spend within their means and if juice or a soda is their one fucking joy of the week or whatever let them fucking live right and Why I, are you shitting on them for that? And so that that power dynamic can be, you know, can be very hard in, in, in just in a neutral situation. And so I think that for people dating and being out in the dating world, it is very important to be aware of that and how that can make you feel and to, to try to uh, assuage yourself of any of the guilt that might come if someone does pay you pay for something and take you out and treat you for something. And, it, and it's very important to consistently remind yourself that you don't owe them anything for that. Mm-hmm. But you also, to the other the other side of the coin, if you know somebody makes a lot more money than you, you also shouldn't expect that they're going to be spending their money on you either. Of like, oh, well, clearly you're going to cover this dinner because you're the one with the six-figure salary. So right. I, that's not fair to me. Why do I have to pay? It's like, whoa, 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 where the fuck is this coming from? Like, we can just split it or... you know alternate who pays or whatever depending on what the situation of how long you've been dating is there's no assumption that just because one person makes more that they're always picking up the tab or you know or yeah yeah. i'm and i yeah i should i don't think you should ever assume that it should be part of a conversation but on our first date um we, we and this is part of the whole who pays for the first date conversation which is an interesting debate because you know i think that my opinion has changed multiple times as i've considered the topic because i think the person who asks the other person out should probably expect to pay but if you are the one being asked out you should probably expect to go and you might have to pay your half so don't like don't expect that but then and i also think that men should maybe consider paying on the first date because of like the pink tax and and you know just the the things that women do to get ready for a date and the fact that every time a woman risks going on a date with a man she is quite literally risking her physical safety that maybe the consideration for that is to cover the cost um so then there's that but then there's also the feeling of 
Well, just so there's absolutely no sense of obligation, both sides just pay their own half, you know, so it, it is, it's actually a trickier question sometimes than it, than it seems initially. I think the expectation is you go in ready to pay your own. Right. And you would only spend the money on whatever, if it's a food item or experience or whatever, that you're comfortable spending. And then you know that you can, whether the date goes well or whatever, you know that you can walk out and afford whatever you just spent on that date. Yep. Your half. Did you see that uh, that TikTok of the woman that went on and she's like finally went on a date again and she's recording the conversation and the, and the guy, the bill comes and she goes, oh, I, I got my half. And he goes, no, 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 please let me, you know. And she goes, are you sure I don't mind at all? I'm happy to pay my half. And he's like, no, 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 I, I don't mind. And she goes, okay, well, um, you know, in that case, I think I'm like, I'm done. I think I'm gonna go back to my room, uh, call it a night. And he's like, well, can I walk you to your room? She goes, no, no, I don't think there's any need for that, I'm, you know. And he's like, oh, really? And then she says... She goes, yeah, I, I, you know, I think I'm, I'm, I, I told you before that I, I don't have sex on the first date, or she, maybe she goes, I don't have sex on the first date, and he goes, well, I wasn't saying that. She goes, you've been kind of implying that a lot, and I just, you know, and so I think I'm kind of done. And then so then he, uh, he's like, you know, so he starts ranting basically, and and you know, and then blaming her for everything, and you know, well, I, I here I go, I, you know, bought this nice, nice dinner and all this stuff, and you oh, know, oh god. And she goes, and she goes. I offered to pay my half, and you said, "Well, you know what? Fine. Why don't you fucking do it? Then you fucking pay for your half, uh, then, because because uh, I'm done with this bullshit." Yeah. And then he, you know, turns and on I can it see because your answer. 100%. yeah, percent. Yeah. But but the fact is, is that she offered to pay her half anyways, and he said no because he was trying to use money to and and the fact that he paid to obligate her to have sex with him, and that is, you are not entitled to anybody just because you buy them anything. Not, not a fucking thing. I don't care if you go on a first date and you buy them a fucking diamond. It doesn't matter how much you, you spend. You're not entitled to anything with them. A text back? No, you might not yeah, get that either. Exactly. You're not even entitled to a fucking text back. <laughs> you're not entitled to, you know, to, to a second date. You're not entitled to a kiss on the cheek. Like, you know, the, the, there's not, no, nothing that you can spend that entitles you to someone's, like, body or any type of intimacy whatsoever that they don't want to give. Mm-hmm. If you feel comfortable... Not know, you know, who knows if a second date's on the horizon. If you feel comfortable picking up the tab because you can afford it and you want to, that's the only reason that's okay to, like, pick up the tab. Any other reason is trying to manipulate your way into another situation. Yes, absolutely. And I think one good way to screen out uh, that type of thing, too, is that uh, is to definitely pay for your half. Like, and not, not to let them insist, you know, just to be like, no, I have my own half. Or when you get up and go to the bathroom, you know, whatever, you pay for your half. So it's all paid for. Or hell, pay for him too. And then see how, see if he gets mad. Because if he genuinely gets angry at that and like, the, then you know. Because he wanted to pull a, a move and make you feel less than because he was going to pay for the whole thing. So that's, that's, that's immediately a red flag because, yeah, because you just eliminated the way for them to manipulate you. And so if they get mad about that type of thing, or if their ego is so tied into the fact that they need to pay, that is going to be a problem time and time again. It's so interesting to me that I, I I mean, I don't know, there's no stats on this, right? But I feel like men inherent, maybe use money to control situations, but then men will, yes, I, I'm just throwing this out here. There's no stats. I, I just these situations. Yes. But and then they'll say women use sex to control the situations. So they're so then men will say, "Well, we're screwed either way." Or not, but yes. Um, or not. Yes. <laughs> 
and 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 here's the thing, and that that's a very interesting thing that, it, and I've seen that a lot of, a lot of it with um, with the idea of coercion and, and especially marital coercion too, where people are arguing that um, you know men are not entitled to your you know your spouse's body just because you're married to them or you're in a relationship with them, and someone will try to say, well, women will weaponize sex to get what they want, and you can't weaponize something that someone doesn't have the right to. You can't, you know, you can't weaponize, you can't weaponize your body against another man or against a man because he doesn't have the right to your body in the first place. So men who argue that are just completely arguing in bad faith. But yes, because I mean, men have always used money for that. I mean, until, I mean, women what couldn't have their own bank accounts until the 1970s. Something like um, that, yeah. Couldn't buy a house until then, too, I think. So, like, that was when they were first allowed to even have that type of independence. So the idea of the man as the provider and the woman as the house you know housemaker and homemaker has been around you know it's it's only been a, it's only been evolving over the last 50 years that women have started to be able to do their own thing and oh my why god do you think, why do you think they're so mad about like people talking about equality and pay and yeah. wanting to do things without a man's signature just all of these things because now you see the reports of lots of lonely boys who aren't married and aren't having sex anymore. Hmm. Yeah. Look at all the other things that changed that they were using to manipulate women into sex, into relationships, that now it's like, no, women can stand on their own now, and we really don't need your limp dick. Sorry. Exactly. Not interested. I saw this shit weasel do a video saying basically – um, that uh, he expects her to a traditional woman. If you're not going to um, clean after him and blah, 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 then he's he's not going to, you know, no car payment. Um, you have to pay half half the rent. You have to pay, you know, you're, you pay for your phone bill, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, do you know any women who, like, can't do that? Like, who is he thinking that women are? And then he finally ended the video saying something like, basically, like, Listen, if you if you if you're not if you're not gonna be as what do you say if you're not my mom then buy or something like that if you oh if what? if you can't wow, if you can't com- if you can't compare to my mom then buy yeah basically he was completely telling on himself that his that his mom he basically wants a mom he doesn't want a partner he doesn't want an equal he wants a sex slave and a mommy and that's that's what they think they, they, that's what they think they're buying basically the biggest thing I've noticed men just uh, these types of men. They don't fucking like women. They right. want to just fuck and feel powerful. Yeah. They could get. They don't like women. They don't believe no that women they... women have orgasms. So for them, fucking too is just like you know we know what that is. That's a thirty seconds. They like the max. thought. They like the thought of a woman around until they actually have to have a woman around and talk to her yeah. and whatever. And then like oh I don't like. Anyways, that's a whole another topic. But money. That Any is... other points we want to drive home here? Um, I don't think so. I think, uh, I think that that kind of covered the the fact that, you know, money is, money, they say money is the root of all evil. And I think that that's the thing is that money just at its most neutral has a manipulative factor. And when someone, and when a man is trying to use it against a woman, it is very powerful and it is very easy to use money against women, uh, like in the, when they're especially first dating. And so uh, I think it's a very important to pay attention to that as like, as a woman, when you're, when you're in the dating world, and if you see a man trying to weaponize money in any capacity whatsoever, that's a huge red flag. Mm-hmm. And don't be afraid to stand up and say, no, I'll pay my own or no, do not spend this money on me because I don't want the implications. And if they get shitty, you have your, Oh, I would never imply. Oh, no, 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 no. This is, if they start getting like that, you have your answer. And you don't want to be with someone like that. Absolutely. 
So speaking of money, speaking of um, money, you can give us uh, five dollars a month. <laughs> Is that what you're going to say? That's what I was going to say. Go yeah. ahead, you go ahead and do it. <laughs> no, as little as five dollars a month, we won't swindle you into anything other than watching our content on Patreon. We record episodes after for our, our members, and it's again as little as five dollars a month. That is on our Patreon, which the URL I am blind to. It's been a second. Patreon.com slash DKS podcast. Thank you. My eyes just glazed over on my 150% view of this page. (laughs) That's all right. Um, Yeah, so we'd love your support because it does help. But uh, you can also support us by uh, just by, you know, following us and and sharing with the the podcast with other people by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes or a rating on Spotify. Uh, you can also support us by joining our Facebook group and contributing there. It's facebook.com slash group slash DKS podcast. And if you want to give us more content to talk about, you know, if you want your situation to be discussed, you can call our DKS hotline at 407-519-0181, or you can send us an email at datingkindofsuckspodcast at gmail.com. That's right. And we do have an Instagram at datingkindofsucks. We both have TikToks. I'm at Adam Evitable, and Sarah's at G underscore. And finally, you can watch us on YouTube if you want to watch instead of listen at youtube.com slash dating kind of sucks. And with that, we're going to go spend money on. Yeah, well, well we're, I mean, we're going to start <laughs> thinking about Christmas, I guess, because this episode will be coming out on the uh, what, the 9th of uh, December, Correct, which means yes. two weeks from that will be the 23rd of December. Are we going to have an episode? I think we probably, probably will. Maybe, yeah. yeah. We're going to try to get one more episode out before the end of the year. And uh, get back into something before the new year yes know. yeah we'll try to get we'll get something done before yeah. the end of the year i think there shouldn't be a problem um because uh sarah's in a new place which what the fuck she can do for christmas and i know my christmas is not is nothing because i don't do anything for christmas so we've got nothing going on we've got, we've got shit saying. going on yeah so uh but we'll be back in two weeks with a brand new episode and uh thank you for listening until next time whether you're Married or single or poly or ace Or hanging out with swingers back at your place Listen to us as we give no fuck On Tinder and Bumble and plenty of yucks Trying and trying and having no luck Because we all know Dating kinda sucks Are two of a kind. He says stupid shit and she doesn't mind. They're not doing this show to make any buck. Life is a chicken whose feathers they pluck. Why does it work? Well, here is the crux. They both know. Dating kind of sucks. Dating kind of sucks.